What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right. We may get back to that topic later, but uh, I want to thank Woburn Mayor uh, Scott Galvin for joining us tonight, and also the Mayor of Marlboro, um, Mayor Arthur Vigeon. So um, we'll have that mayor on as well, uh, because this is going to be a huge story in the um, weeks and months ahead. There's another huge story going on in the weeks and months ahead, and it's called the presidential election. We do that every four years here in America, and we're about 14 months away, thereabouts, give or take, about 14 months away from um, the 2024 election. And with me now is, I have it written right down here, Mr. Paleologus, pollster extraordinaire, Dave Paleologus. Dave, <laughs> welcome back to Nightside. How are you? I'm you, great. How you, you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you do polling for Suffolk University. Um, you do polling for the Boston Globe. Um who else do you do polling for? Should I say who don't you do polling for? You have a lot. Well, we of... poll for USA US, Today. USA Today we did a po- did a poll at the LA Times a couple of months ago. Seattle Times, Arizona Republic, Reno Gazette, Detroit Free Press, Cincinnati Inquirer, and on and on and on. Your business card has to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger to fit all of the, all of these people. Yeah, it's, it's well, crazy, tomorrow night but... there's there's a debate. I'm told. Um, at some uh, TV <laughs> network um, in which eight of the Republican candidates um, who would like to be the Republican nominee, uh, none of whom are under federal indictment, uh, as I understand it, um, will uh, will meet in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I thought it might be a good opportunity for us to talk with you about, because you've seen this happen so many times, um, what these various candidates have to do. Now, this is kind of an anomaly because the person in the polls who's doing the best on the Republican side right now is the uh, former president, who now is also tied up with a bunch of indictments, uh, Donald Trump. But um, the former president will not be on the debate stage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin tomorrow night. Are you surprised at that or no? Not at all. I mean, he has a 40, 50 point lead in some polls and it would just be, you know, target practice with everybody, you know, taking shots at him. And really, he doesn't really need to grow in the polling. He just needs to hold what he has. He seems to be holding what he has in the Republican primary, even through indictments and everything else. So I think it's more of a poll-driven decision. And the mechanics really work in his favor because, you know, the second-tier candidates who are leading in the polls, Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, Ron DeSantis, especially Ron DeSantis, are going to be targets themselves because they are going to be receiving incoming fire from the other candidates to, to try and take 
those positions down and to elevate the positions of the other candidates. So you got yet eight of them up there tomorrow. Now, there's, let's just walk through them here. Um, you have the governor of North Dakota, who I assume has probably uh, a, a visibility rating or a Q rating, as we used to call it, of about one. I mean, yep. I, I don't think any, I, I didn't know the name of the governor of, of North Dakota, and I followed fairly closely. Uh, Chris Christie is in there, um, ready to just annihilate Donald Trump, who won't be there. Um, what does Christie do? Does he continue going after Trump, or does he turn his his um, his criticism in another direction? So his calculus is that about fifteen to eighteen percent of Republican voters um, can't stand Donald Trump, and he believes that that fifteen to eighteen percent, if he were to get them as the sort of the anti-Trump Republican that puts him in a position to be not within striking distance, but to be positioned to engage Trump one-on-one, which is his ultimate goal. And he's not getting that tomorrow night. Um, I believe it's a fool's errand because none of the Trump loyalists who are voting for Trump would ever vote Republican if he were the nominee. So he's really a disruptor in the field, and he will be tomorrow night, as will Asa Hutchinson, who's also been very vocal about his opposition to Donald Trump. Yeah. But aside from them, in terms of the in terms of the people on stage who could ascend, you're looking not at Burgum, not at Chris Christie. You're looking at Ron DeSantis, who you interviewed, uh, Nikki Haley. Um, then you have Mike Pence. I don't believe has too much upward mobility, but I guess throw him in the in the mix. Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott. That's it. Those are the five real, real candidates. I think that that could elevate tomorrow night if they have a breakthrough moment. It's funny with Pence. Um, you know, Pence. I don't see where Pence moves. I, I really don't. Now, I, I guess it's somehow, some way, he got the Republican nomination. There would be a lot of independents and Democrats who who might very well turn around and say, "Gee, you know, he did the right thing on January 6th, But I just don't see that he has any um, any any way to, to to get the nomination. I, I just don't. I don't see that. Um, Scott. Yeah, I mean, he has a he has a branding problem, right, Dan? I mean, he he was Donald Trump's vice president, but he's not going to get Donald Trump's voters. So he's kind of quasi, you know, tout the accomplishments of, uh, you know, Trump Pence. Um, but on the other side, he was more towards Christie, which is I'm going to stand up to Donald Trump. I'm going to I'm going to make the decisions that I made. Um, because of my convictions, but people have Chris Christie for that. So he's kind of in the middle. He doesn't really have, he's not well-defined. So I think he has an identity problem and it must be very frustrating for him, the former vice president to see Vivek Ramaswamy soaring past him and some of the polls and Tim Scott and others. Yeah. um, What's Haley's problem? Um, Haley, who's the one 
Uh, well, she's a former governor, I, I obviously, and she's, she's a former ambassador to the United Nations. And she also, as a female candidate, in my opinion, um, presents very well. Uh, but she seems to be kind of running in place. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy. We we look at gender in some of the cross tabs, and in in our poll that that we did a couple months ago, she was actually receiving less support among female Republican voters than male. So you know, it it would be totally different if she were a Democrat, and she was the only woman in a on the debate stage among eight candidates. But it works in reverse almost in the Republican primary. She was getting 5% among men, 3% among women. So gender is not working for, for her. Um, and so she has had a problem growing her single-digit percentage into double digits. Okay, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about Ron DeSantis. I want to talk a little bit about Vivek Ramaswamy, who we haven't talked about. Um, Sort of a, a, a weird um, video that Ramaswamy uh, produced and released today. Did you see that? The the shirtless tennis pro? I did. I did see that. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, he looks he like... He even was grunting. He was yeah. grunting after every stroke of the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I say those tennis pro. Looked like he's a pretty good tennis player, but yeah. I don't know what that does for him. And... Um, and Tim Scott is is someone who um, is intriguing, uh, and of course, you know Ron DeSantis. As I said, I had him on the show uh, a week ago last night, and was very impressive, uh, and seemed coming across as a very relaxed, natural guy. It'll be interesting to see how he does tomorrow night. So, I'd like to talk with you about Ramaswamy, about Tim Scott, uh, and about uh, Ron DeSantis, and those in the audience. If you'd like to talk to a real live pollster who does this for a living, and you'd like to run your thoughts and ideas on these different candidates through, um, through Dave Paleologos. Dave will take a few phone calls at 617-254-1030, And um, the, the two lines that, the, that we have, the 617-931-1030, that one's backed up. Those are full right now, but the others are wide open. 617-254-1030. we right back on Nightside with Dave Paleologos. Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. So, Dave Paleologos, let, let's hit um, three. We've, we've sort of dismissed, or you've dismissed Bergam. Maybe I have too, and, and Hutchinson. Uh, Christie as being a bit of a gadfly at this point. Vice President Pence as, as somebody who really doesn't have a path. Nikki Haley as a very attractive, you know, and, and intelligent and and well-credentialed candidate um, who who just doesn't seem to have lit it up yet. So that leaves us with, um, in terms of challengers to the uh, to the front runner, Governor DeSantis, Tim Scott, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Now it seems to me like Ramaswamy has generated some spark here um, because perhaps he's just different. I mean, he's young, he's an entrepreneur, he has no political ba background and therefore maybe no political baggage. What do you think? Does he have a shot? I think he has a shot to make a make an, an impression tomorrow night. As you say, he's 38 years old, he's from Ohio, he's very articulate, and he's the kind of the millennial candidate and really 
when you talk about likes and shares and social media and tweets and and all of that kind of thing, the real energy that sometimes moves momentum is those younger voters, which are the big prize in 2024. So I absolutely believe that he could make some movement tomorrow um, as like one of the three, the one of the three candidates. Absolutely. Okay, so what does Tim Scott have to do? Tim Scott is a congenial guy. Uh, he's from the South. Um, he loves to talk about, you know, going from, you know, his family who, you know, were his, his ancestors who were slaves and from slavery to the U.S. Senate. Seems like a great story. He has an amazing story. You're absolutely right. And I would say watch out for Tim Scott tomorrow night. If uh, and, and this isn't me talking as a pollster, I'm just looking at the I'm, 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 I'm reading the stars. I'm, I'm looking at the momentum that he has shown. I mean, he's really the only other candidate besides Trump and DeSantis who is competitive in both Ohio and in New Hampshire. Ramaswamy is pretty competitive in New Hampshire, not in, in Iowa. Uh, and, you know, Christie is competitive in New Hampshire, not in Iowa. But Scott is almost at 10 percent in some of these polls in both states. And he has a great story in addition to his personal story. And he's he served at so many different levels. One term as a state rep in South Carolina, then as a congressman for for a term and now as U.S. senator. So he's kind of a multi-level, you know, political figure that has navigated both state and federal government and nobody's talking about them. So I think, I think you could see an up, an up. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I'm surprised. Well, and, and, and Scott, someone who was appointed to the Senate by Nikki Haley when she was governor, ironically. So let's come to, to DeSantis, um, Governor DeSantis. You talked about Ramaswamy being a young guy, 38 years old. DeSantis is only 44. So uh, That's right. Uh, and um, he has, you know, I think pretty good backstory. As, uh, as I mentioned when I introduced him to my uh, callers last week, it's the guy who came out of a blue-collar community in Florida, uh, Dunedin, Florida, went to a public high school, went to Yale, Harvard Law School, JAG officer in the military, pretty good athlete in, in college, baseball player, ran for Congress, won, ran for governor, won by the skin of his teeth in 2018 and turned that um, the re-election campaign into a blowout, went, uh, went from a, a skin of the teeth win to a 20-point um, blowout. Um, but at this point, he he seem he doesn't seem to have caught fire. Let's put it like that. 
Right. Well, he's done just the opposite. I mean, you're absolutely right. He's he was a, he was a superhero in in Florida with that landslide win. Absolutely. Um, you know, his problem is that this is a must-win debate for him, and the reason is because earlier this year, before he announced, he was polling in the mid 30s. Now he's in the mid teens. He's lost 20 points since. Uh, polling between January and March, 20 points from 35 to now basically 15. He has to claw back those points. And the way he does it in the debate, if he doesn't do it in the debate and he doesn't uh, have a good night, then the door is open for some of these other candidates like Tim Scott, Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley. So there's more pressure on him, I believe, in this debate tomorrow night than anyone else, because it's hard to get the points back. I remember uh, the summer before the, the previous election in, in 2020. In 2019, in the summer, Kamala Harris, who was the candidate for president on the Democratic side, had a great debate, and she rocketed from obscurity to basically even with Joe Biden in the polls. But she couldn't hold it. And she and the numbers just dissipated. She was in the low twenties, then high teens, then the mid teens, the low teens, and she faded away. And she never got it back. And she didn't have a strategy to get it back. And DeSantis has been firing, and you know he's gone through three campaign managers to try and get those points back. He, they haven't been able to help him. And so he's got to do it now. He's got to he's got to reach back find his core, and really deliver a great performance tomorrow night. He can do it. Um, people were with him, but he's lost them. And uh, if he doesn't get them back right away, those points are going to go to other candidates. Well, you know, it's interesting. I remember when Harris in that debate turned on Biden and talked about um, his unwillingness uh, to support desegregation. Uh, Biden was opposed to desegregation of public schools, and, uh, and right. she talked about her experience as a little girl, um, and and she talked about it in third person uh, about a little a little girl, and then she turned to Biden and said that little girl was me, and that was kind of a devastating presentation uh, that she made, and then she she sort of got taken apart in the next debate i think by Tulsi gabbard if i'm not if i recall correctly so um <laughs> these debates can have an impact they can really have an impact and we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow night we have not talked about the front runner as i understand that he's doing this taped interview uh with this former um media personality but <laughs> nobody knows where it's going to play um I, I was reading t tonight in the New York Times. They're not. Sh they know it's not going to be live, so it's it's going to be a taped interview. Um, or has already been taped. <laughs> it's it's the craziest darn thing that uh, that I've ever heard. I mean, maybe he'll do well with it. I don't know. Um, lot lot to talk about. My guest, Dave Paleologus. We got some phone callers waiting for you, Mr. Paleologus, and um, we're going to get to them. Go. <laughs> and, your, and questions for you. And, folks, this is an opportunity for you to talk to somebody who actually, you know, figures out what the poll questions are going to be and does have a tremendous influence. Um, and he's, his concern and his desire, as all of these pollsters are, to be correct. 
because Dave has a great track record of being correct. I don't have I have no idea what his politics are. I don't know that he has any politics in the sense of his own personal favorites because it doesn't show in the polls. He is the, one of the most accurate pollsters that I have ever ever had the pleasure of knowing. Uh, and he he is he polls everywhere, everywhere. So you're talking with one of the best, if not the best pollster in the United States right now, bar none. If you want to jump on board, the only line that is open, 617-254-1030, and we will get you on before 11. I promise, coming back on Nightside. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, thank you very much, Dan. Dave Paleologos got a bunch of callers. Let's um, let's take them as they uh, as they come. Let me go first out to Virginia. Wally, appreciate your uh, Wallace taking you. You've been very patient, so you're rewarded. You got Dave Paleologos. What a what a, a, a question. Whatever your question is or your comment, go right ahead, Wallace. Okay, well, I want to say your first hour was awesome, and I agree with you, and it's nice to talk to a pollster of his caliber, and my opinion, which is a little opinion, that I feel that DeSantis, to come out ahead on this debate, he has to tout his accomplishments in Florida, like the COVID, where people were shutting down small businesses and shutting down the schools. He come out way on top on all of that, as far as I'm concerned. He's a true leader, and he's got to tout his accomplishments somehow in that debate to move up in the polls. He okay, can't be let me, mediocre, let me get Dave, Let me get Dave Paleologos. Stay there. Don't go away. Let me get Dave Paleologos yes, to react to that. Um uh, I think that's an interesting point that that he makes. That, that's the one thing that uh, I think DeSantis has is a record. Um, how, how do you uh, do? You agree with Wallace on this one, Dave? So yeah, I do. And the, the idea is you go you go with your strengths. So you know if you got a guy that won by a landslide in Florida, who's your cleanup hitter? You don't put him up there to bunt. And that's exactly you know he's had ridiculous advice from his consultants who he's fired twice now. He's on his third set. And part of it is that, you know, he's in a different environment. So, you know, I think what he thought was he was the big fish in Florida. He could enter the presidentials, the big fish. And he did initially, but then those numbers kind of wilted away because this isn't Florida where he's the kingpin. This is United States our GOP primary where Trump is the kingpin, and he never really navigated that. He wasn't advised properly, and he, you know, he's he he came into the the GOP primary thinking that he was the only alternative to Trump. The polls showed that, but he didn't prove it, and he didn't adjust to the different type of primary that he is now in. And so a lot easier to win in a landslide when you're the top dog. But you've got to talk about your accomplishments because that's your, that's your wheelhouse. That's your strong suit. And, I, and his opponents on the debate stage are going to be attacking Florida, that it's not you know this wonder story that he's making it out to be. And if he can deflect and uh, return fire on those opponents, he could claw back some of those points that he had earlier this year. But, you know, Florida is one of the most representative states in this country. When you think of 
uh, the colleges down, they have a lot of colleges, they have a lot of retired people, people who have come down from New England in the Midwest, they have uh, ethnic groups, um, you know, a, a, a large Cuban uh, community down there, there are Haitian voters down there. It's, it's, a, it's a great melting pot in many respects and reflective of, uh, uh, of the nation as a whole. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm still mystified. Uh, I'm where, where Wallace, Wallace is on this one, that I think that DeSantis has, is underrated. Um, and, 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 and I agree with you, he's got to do something tomorrow night, something special. And it come out mediocre. Absolutely, Wallace, and, and it's and Florida's also disproportionate older, and that works well in a GOP primary. Absolutely, Wallace. Appreciate your call. Great observation. Great question. Thank you. It's, thank you, Dan. Talk to you soon. Let me go next to try to get everybody in. Well, we will get everybody in. Jim is in Boston, a little closer to home. Jim, you are next on Ice High with Dave Paleologus. Go right ahead, Jim. Howdy, Dan. Uh, Miracle, uh, within the same week, my second time on your show and on the radio in my lifetime. All right. <laughs> Thanks very much. You got you cool. got Dave Paleologus' attention. You, you're talking to, I think, the best pollster in America. Go right ahead. Cool. Okay. Um wanted to run a few quick ideas by Dave and, and see how he thinks. Uh, both uh, himself and the polls would uh, agree with it. Sure. Um, Thank you. Um, first thing is uh, my my theory why Trump is uh, leading. Um, in in my opinion, in my observation, everything that I know and understand about what Trump supposedly did wrong um, was provided by media and provided by certain video clips um, uh, versus actual evidence which um i think other americans there must be some feel the way i do which is there are pieces of evidence out there like video clips um shown um <laughs> i won't mention certain outlets but shown by conservative outlets to their full extent and on youtube that have words like calmly and peacefully march okay so you're uh, a trump guy let me let me cut to the chase here a little bit for you jim you're a trump guy and you're still looking back at 2020, it sounds to me, and you're looking to get that record straight as you understand it, correct? Um, all, all, almost, uh, almost, Dan. Um, I guess my, my uh, first question is, um, would, would Dave agree with me that that's prob uh, the reason uh, most likely that, that Trump's leading in, in the polls is that Americans in general uh, feel that um, they don't have enough compelling facts in front of them they just sort of have a, a media slanted view of okay, well, okay that's a little bit of a loaded question but let's see what dave yeah. paley okay. how he handles it i know how i would probably answer it but david go right ahead well i i would say this i would say people do not think the country's going in the right direction many people liked lower interest rates the economy uh under donald trump he has legal issues the legal issues are helping him in the gop primary hurting him in the general election right now uh, whether or not it gets litigated in the campaign remains to be seen um, and unfortunately joe biden hasn't captured the imagination of independence and even young people and that presents a, a, a different topic for a different day which is why so many people may not vote next year especially younger people and also 
uh, how many people are now telling us in polling that they'll vote for a third-party candidate. Nobody likes to talk about that, but it's a very real possibility where people are just so upset at Washington, D.C., the swamp, Trump, Biden, that they'll vote third party. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll buy that. Um, would, I, would I please have time for a really quick uh, second uh, Go question? ahead, sure. Go ahead. Make it, make it quick, though. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, thanks. I'm just wondering about Ramaswamy, Dave, um, if your perception was he has – I know he's young, but he doesn't seem to me to really understand – uh, defense in terms of uh, strategic deterrence, and um, you know that that would be a concern for me, and I wonder how that would do in the polls. Yeah, so that's a great observation. First of all, let me let me compliment you. And if you are an opponent of his tomorrow night, you will be going after his, his command of foreign policy and protocols because he you know he gets a lot of the domestic uh, issues pretty well. He's young. He does represent millennials who are leaving both parties in droves. But if there's an Achilles heel there, it's his understanding of foreign policy and international affairs. And that's where I think people might be targeting him. All right, Jim, great questions. Appreciate your call. Thank you much. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay, let me... um... I don't want to shortchange people, but so I'm, and I also don't want to tie people up. Let me go to Donna in Framingham. Donna, you are next on my side with Dave Paleologos. Go ahead, Donna. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, my question is pretty simple. Setting aside Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson, if the rest of the candidates defend Trump and don't think he's done anything wrong, then why are they even running? Why don't they just let him run? That's a good question. Dave, go right ahead. I, I think the short answer to that is that they are positioning themselves and they are presenting themselves as Donald Trump without any of the legal baggage. Which the, other would thing, be the, yeah, the other thing, too, Donna, is that I'm sure that all of these people at some point in their lives – as a matter of fact, probably at most points in their lives, look in the mirror in the morning, and in their mind, they're whistling hail to the chief. They see themselves as the guy or the gal who could be president of the United States. And they all have sort of like this window, this opening, this opportunity. And they, they can't sit around and wait for four or five elections. And well, I, Like I said, I don't get why you're running. If you won't critique the person that you don't want to be the nominee, and that's Donald Trump. Well, they're, running, running? they're not running against Donald Trump. They're running for the Republican nomination, and they could they could easily, you know, um, criticize Donald Trump and alienate the hardcore voters that they would need in a final election. Why would you want to do that? That would be a kamikaze well, that's mission. My, that's my follow-up question to I'll jump out of the way. Go ahead, David. Yeah, so um, what are they running for, Dave, if they won't critique the person that they don't want to be the nominee? They won't critique him. Why? Well, they want to present themselves as, as being having the conservative values and achieving successes without any of the legal baggage. That's the first part of the, the answer to your question. The second part is opportunities opportunities within 
an administration if Donald Trump were to win the nomination oh, or one of the... That's exactly the, what I was thinking. They want to be the vice president or in the cabinet, and that's why they won't critique Donald Trump, right? I believe so. I believe, I believe in, in essence, it's an audition. It's, you know, you shoot for the top, but the fallback is you're in the running. Uh, you've been vetted by the media and that you would be potentially considered for a position uh, of advocacy within the party if the Republicans were to win. I'm not saying they will, but if the Republicans will, will win in 2024. The one guy who is critiquing Donald Trump um, ferociously is Chris Christie. I now, know, if, I by all that. Yeah. if by some miracle Chris Christie were to become the nominee of the party, do you think the Trump supporters would support Chris Christie? That that no, I, that's I, why I, I refer would. to that as a. I that, I'm I sure would. you would, Don. I'm sure you would. But uh, but there aren't too many of these Republicans who you would vote for um, under and any I'm circumstances. Thing, if you don't mind me throwing in one thing real quick. You didn't mention what Kristen Uno has been saying tonight, so I wonder what you guys think about that. Well, Kristen Uno is very smart, very bright. Kristen Uno was I on one Uno. of the other networks tonight and saying that these guys, the first thing you have to do is be likable. Um, and, uh, and Donald Trump, whether you dislike him or not, to a certain percentage of the people, he was likable in 2016. He was less likable in 2020. And Hillary Clinton was never likable. That's the only reason he, that Donald so Trump did, won uh, in did, 2016. Go ahead, Dave. Dave, 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 what do you think of Chris Sununo? He has an incredible popularity in the state. I, I thought he was going to end up throwing his hat into the ring, but he obviously did his own calculus and did his own polling. But to your original question, I mean, I actually have polling data on your question, which is what happens if Trump doesn't – what do the Trump voters do in a Biden versus Trump scenario? If you just pull out the Trump voters, what do they do if somebody like DeSantis is the nominee? And according mm -hmm. to this polling, only 59 percent of Trump voters would vote for DeSantis, 59. 25 percent say they'd vote third party, 12 percent undecided. 1% of them would even vote for Joe Biden, not DeSantis, and 4% refused a response. So that, that tells me that the Trump loyalists really have the Republican primary in a pickle. Because if Trump isn't the nominee, we have the polling data, 41% of Trump voters are basically saying they wouldn't vote for DeSantis if he were the nominee. So if he's the nominee, sure, you're going to have some disaffected Republicans like the Christie people and Asa Hutchinson not voting for Trump, but it's going to be a major problem if Trump doesn't become the nominee based on what we're seeing. It's Trump or bust for a lot of Trump loyalists. Yeah, and but at I'm the okay. end of the day, okay. at the end of the day, that, that, that potentially could change 12 months from okay. now. Who knows? Hey, now Donna, know, Donna I hate to do this to you, but I, I got to let you go because I got two more callers I got to get to, okay? Stand, I understand. Bye. Thank you, Donna. Have a great night. Bob from California will be with us on the other side, and Brian from Florida as we span the country with Nightside listeners. Bob, stay right there. Brian, stay right there. we got room for both of you, I promise. Coming back on Nightside with Dave Paleologos. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Okay, let us go next to Bob in California. Bob, appreciate your patience. You're on with Dave Paleologos. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Dan. Uh, Dave, nice to talk with you. Um, Thank you. You sound very very intelligent. 
and it's ironic, gentlemen, right before the break, Dave, I am part of that 49% that you alluded to, and Dan knows that I'm actually independent, okay, usually leaning towards the left, usually, okay, but I am part of that 49% that if it's DeSantis instead of Trump, no way, no way will I vote for DeSantis, period, okay? So you give Joe Biden a vote? No, no, no. I don't know what I, Dan, I don't know what I do. I just keep my <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, good question. But no, no, it, yeah. you guys both summed it up like the candidate has to be likable, which Trump is. And the reason, in my opinion, Trump is so popular, he stands for something. He lets you know what he stands for. OK, he lets you know that uh, very clear on where he stands on the issues. A guy like DeSantis his answer to illegal immigration is to bus illegals to other states. How do the people in Woburn fail if they get busloads of immigrants, illegals, from Florida? That's DeSantis' answer to immigration, to put them on buses? Really? Come on. Like, he, do, he doesn't stand for I anything. I think he was making a so, point, uh, in my opinion, Bob, and that was that, um, that Martha's Vineyard and Massachusetts were welcoming communities, and maybe at the end of the day, as, as you saw in Martha's Vineyard, they were a welcoming community for about 24 hours. I think he was trying to make Well, okay, I respect what you're saying, but I, I don't agree. Sure, okay, it's enough. irresponsible right. how about a, a how governor about a, like how that. How about a question or for, for, uh, for Dave, or Dave could comment on maybe what you have to say. Dave, you want to comment on, on Bob's observations? Sure. So, you know, thank you, by the way, for for for, uh, for making that observation. And you're absolutely right. I mean, DeSantis is is he he has a branding problem. He he knows what he needs to do to advance in the Republican primary, but he's not doing it. And he's he's getting bad advice. His anti LGBTQ stance is hurting him with independent women. And he's really caught between a rock and a hard place. He wants to be Trump without any problems, any legal problems. But those people would rather vote for Trump and they'd rather see it through. They see Trump as as the, you know, as the the, uh, you know, the, the person that everyone's ganging up on. He's trying to fight for his own uh, sanity and his own life and his own rights. And, you know, we'll see what his legal team comes up with. But people hate the swamp so much now it's showing up in polling that it's going to affect the turnout in the next election. And sometimes you have to throw history out the window from what we see from prior exit polls. The situation is vastly different this time around. Bob, I want to give yep. Brian from Florida about a minute if I can. I hate to steal your time because I know you're such a great yeah. caller. You just got to call yeah, no more problem. often, okay? Yeah, you guys have a good night. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Thank Bye-bye. you much. And Bye-bye. a gentleman as well. Let's steal a minute here, and so we'll give Brian two minutes. Brian, next on Nice Out with Dave Paleologos. Go right ahead, Dave. Uh, Brian. Good, good evening, Dan. Good evening, Dave. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, man, the past couple calls have really made me change my questions around a little bit. But the first point I want to make, and it's more of a question to, to Dave, is I don't understand how somebody like Donald Trump can even be on the radar with all his legal issues that he has in front of him. He's not going to be able to effectively run a campaign. And, and then following up with that is um, if he's not nominated for for the for – the, uh, if he's not the Republican nominee, you're going to have all these other voters drop out 
and you have you have candidates like DeSantis, and uh, with all due respect to Bob, um, <laughs> you know I, I think DeSantis's immigration issues are no less extreme than Trump's were. Uh, you know, Trump never got a chance to bust people out. I, whether you like that or don't like it, doesn't really make a difference. Um, you know, Trump built the wall, and and I just think you know. DeSantis presents himself much better than Trump. He just checks all the boxes, and I just don't understand, not even because I live in Florida. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Massachusetts. Um, just, I, I just think he'd make an excellent candidate, and okay, I, I just don't quick, understand. We, we just got to get a you, – you made a great defense for DeSantis. Let's yep. get a quick comment from Dave, and then I got to wrap it up. David, go ahead. Yeah, so so that's why, that's why I believe that this is a must-win for him tomorrow to claw back the 20 points that he's lost since January, February earlier this year before he announced it's critical for him. I think you make a, you make a terrific argument. He does line up well in a GOP primary. Um, let's remember whether you, whether somebody who's indicted is a Democrat or a Republican, we live in a, in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty, whether you like him or not, Trump is innocent until it's actually, he's proven guilty. And the timing of all of these, um, you know, uh, court appearances and everything is just going to make the people angry at the swamp even more angry because right, they see the it as election that is the theme of the night, Brian. I got to let you go because I'm flat out of time. Thank you, Brian. Please call more often. And Dave Paleologos, an outstanding hour of conversation as always. Thank you so much. Be interested in talking to you maybe uh, later this week or next week at week as to how things actually turn out tomorrow night. Okay. Great. You still there, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. I just gotta. I gotta wrap it. I gotta. And I gotta break that here. That sounds for news. great, Dan. Thanks, Love man. It. We will talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Very much appreciated. Thanks. When we get back after the 11 o'clock news, I'm going to figure out where we're going to go with this. We got so much on the plate here. Let's keep it rolling. Coming back on Nightside.